Welcome to The Being Leader. I'm Annabel Graham. In this episode, we're going to explore purpose and identity and really think about who are we? What are we there for? What's our role? As leaders, we often think that we're defined by the role that we do, you know, whether we're the manager or the team leader or the director or the CEO, or it could be at home, whether mum or the dad, sister or brother, you know, all of those roles that we inhabit. But they are roles that we play. They are not who we are. They are merely facets of how we show up in different contexts, in different systems with different people. Just think about it. You know, sometimes we get up, we go to work, we put the clothes on and we become that person when we show up at work. It's like a uniform that we wear. And then when you get home, you change out and then you're back in mum, dad or partner mode. And often that's the way that people can differentiate between work world and home world. But it's often not that easy. You know, we can't just shed that mantle when we walk through the door. And the reason that can be difficult sometimes can be down to the fact that we're not totally clear on who we are. And it gets confusing because when we switch roles or or organisations or different social circles, then we often feel as if we're not being the same person. That we've got a different version of ourselves, that we have to be a different version of ourselves. Is it just me or does that sound familiar? Have you ever felt like that? You know, this is a common story I hear when I'm talking with leaders and with clients. And this can come about because of many reasons. So we could have changed jobs. You know, we've gone to work for another organisation and the cultures are different and we're not really sure where we fit in. It might be that we've changed roles. You know, we've been promoted or we've gone to a different part of the business and now we're trying to work out how we need to be seen in that role. You know, figure out what we're there to do. And that can often be the case, especially when we're promoted from within. Um, especially when it's within our team, because that's a real massive head screw. You know, it's a real struggle. We suddenly go from being the friend to the manager. And that's really difficult because all of a sudden we've got to be someone else. You know, we're not the person who can just joke down the pub anymore. It's hard. I've been there and, you know, I fell out with my best friend for three months because I got promoted and she didn't. And it only changed when she got another she got another job and got promoted too. You know, personally, in, in that situation, and this is going off at a tangent, I don't believe that that should ever happen. You know, we should be allowed when we're promoted from within our team to go off and make our, our mistakes somewhere else in a different team. And often the senior leaders, that's perfectly within our control. We can do something about it. Because that way we allow people to make their own mistakes and retain their friendships without them having to crash and burn. Um, Because it's never smooth. It's never easy, even though in theory it should be. Um, So they're the work shifts, but it's not always the work shifts. It might be at home. You know, sometimes that shift is when we change roles in the home. Um, It could be that one partner goes from earning more money to now no longer being the breadwinner or we might go on maternity or paternity leave and all of a sudden it's not about that career person that we were. We are now mum or dad and that's a a different um, role that we've got to inhabit to the one that shaped us. Or it may be that we have a massive life shift. 
you know, it's got nothing to do with work. We might have moved to another city, might have left our friends or had a serious illness and had to really question our life choices. You know, we could have broken up with our partner, been bereaved or all manner of different changes. And those types of changes make us question who we are, what we're doing and also what we want to be and do. Now, with these changes, all that becomes apparent is that we suddenly aren't sure how we need to be because it's not the same as we were before. We're not sure how to marry together the old us and the new us, as we've been defined by often what we do, not who we are. And, and as soon as what we do is no longer there, you know, we're bereft. It's like we're mourning the loss of a former us and we're floundering around trying to create something that's tangible, that's understandable from a new context that we now find ourselves in. Something that's congruent, that's true to us, that really feels right. All of these types of conditions tend to show up in the coaching room or in leadership development conversations in one form or another. And often that's just the tip of the iceberg because everyone's going through this stuff. And it boils down to fundamentally that we aren't clear about who we are and what we're here to do or what our role is and why we're doing what we're doing. And that often can be for many reasons. You know, in a, in a business sense, we could just be afraid to ask, you know, we don't want to look stupid and say, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, it could be that our boss really hasn't clarified what it is they want from us. Therefore, we've got two really mismatched sets of expectations. So the one, we want one thing, they want something else. And somewhere in the middle, there's a great big mess that ends up happening. Um, it could be that we feel the what the organization wants us to be and, and how we are doesn't really sit well with us. You know, there's a value set issue. We feel uncomfortable or awkward in being that person that they want us to be. Um, and, and that's not congruent to us. And, and we'll talk more about values in a future episode. Or it could be that we're in a position where personally or professionally, we never saw ourselves being and we're not ready for that. So that could be a new role. It could be parenthood. It could change location. You know, we've moved house. We've gone to a different city and we don't like it. And something's gone wrong, it could, could be in our relationship or all manner of things, but it isn't what we expected. And it doesn't fit in with our view of the world and what we saw us as being. And that's when we end up with this sort of real internal struggle. It can make us doubt ourselves. Really get us start to second guess everything that we do. You know, question every decision that we make. And that means... When we start doing that, when we start questioning our decisions and our actions, we don't work at our best. We feel inadequate. We feel incapable. And we feel we don't have a part to play anymore. And with all of that, we just feel lost. Because the reality is when we feel like that, we're not going round wearing a badge on a lapel saying, do you know what, I don't know why I'm here, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, we feel like we're the only ones going through this because nobody talks about this stuff. And often we feel we have no one to tell. We feel very alone. 
Now, in a good scenario, somebody will reach out and have this conversation. You know, it could be at home, it could be at work, it could be coaching or counselling or some other talking therapy. And you'll be able to be unpack that. And somebody will ask you the question, but that doesn't always happen. Therefore, you have people floundering around in their lives, working in a way that doesn't make sense, acting like an emotional ticking time bomb at work and at home. And that becomes difficult in organisations. You know, people think that, that they've gone off the boil or they're actively doing something that they wouldn't want to do. It comes that conduct conversation. And it isn't that at all. They're just confused. No one's noticed their behaviour, how they're actually being, rather than what they're doing. And sat them down and been really honest with them and, and just asked, why are you doing what you're doing? Because when we're asked that question from a place of kindness, and we don't feel threatened, and we feel that we're being heard, you know, the words, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here, I'm not sure why I am here, comes out. And then everything spells out afterwards, and we can do something about it. But these conversations don't happen, because most people aren't being leaders. They don't stop and think about why people are doing what they're doing. They just look at the output and go, what's happening? And, and that's crackers, what you're doing. Instead, we need to get people to really start thinking about who they are and why they're there and what their role is. Because then we can get people to think about that. It's so much clearer to them how to be because then everything else can fall into alignment. Now, many of you will have heard about Maslow's hierarchy of needs at some point in your development in the workplace, because it usually gets rolled out and it's been around for God, nearly 100 years now. But and, and for a while, do you know, it was a model I didn't particularly like. I fell out of love with it. But actually, it makes quite a lot of sense because the bottom levels are the ones where we need to have in place because they give us a sense of who we are. And when we don't have them in place, they become disabling factors, not motivators. Um, they're detrimental to us, they pull us back. You know, for example, physiology, if we're not well, or we've had an illness, you know, we break a limb or pick up a virus or get a cold, it knocks us for six, and nothing else really matters until we get well. So that physiological piece is really key. And the safety bit can come out in many, many ways. You know, it can be, have we got enough money coming in so I can pay the bills and have a roof over my head? You know, can I buy food? Is my family safe and protected? And in the workplace, it could feel, am, am I... Do I feel psychologically safe? You know, can I say, either in my relationship or at work, what I want to say without feeling judged, without feeling that there's going to be blame or retribution? And belonging, it's about fitting in. You know, um, do we feel like we're part of the team? Do we feel like we fit into the family? Do we feel like we have a tribe that we can be part of? And all of those things need to be in place for us to be able to really figure out who we are. Um, because we can't move up that pipe pyramid. So that's when we get to that self-actualization piece. And I want to talk about a model by a gentleman called Richard Barrett, who has a lovely model, um, which is the seven stages of psychological development, which is built on Maslow. And he makes no bones about that. But that's what made me fall back in love with this, because it really starts to make sense when we, when we see people who aren't sure why they are there and what they are doing because it allows us to start and pick some of that. So let me just quickly run through those stages and, and think about what stage you're at as I go through them. 
So stage one is that physiological, that survival mode. You know, it's birth to two years where we need to feel safe to develop and grow. You know, we're babies, we are reliant on our families. Um, that physiological safety is crucial for us to survive. We then move into the safety or conforming mode, and that's from the ages of two to eight. And that's when we begin to start of to become us, to start of understand where we are within our own family system and start to have our values and our belief system and where we fit into that system begin to be. And safety is still really important, but it's also about conforming. It's following those system rules of our family. Stage three is security or belonging, or Barrett calls it the differentiating section. And that's where it lasts quite a long stage. And this is sort of our formative years for our teens from eight to 24. And that's when we start to find our tribe, when we start to blossom into who we are. We discover our strengths, our talents. You know, we work out which social group we want to fit in. We might go off to university or to college. We gain new interests and we might sort of, you know, pack away some of those beliefs we had as a child when we were in the family system and really start to become who we are. Stage four, independence and individuating is the next stage. And that's from 24 to 39 years. And that's when it starts to get interesting for me upwards, because that's when we start to see these questions being asked about who am I? What's my purpose? What's my role? When we start to figure out our identity, because that independent stage, that individuating stage is when we start to understand who we are, when we start to really fully become ourselves, you know, we might start to get our first career, um, start a family, um, you know, get those steps on the ladder. And we really start to understand our values and beliefs um, and start to let go of some of those things that shaped us. Stage five is the true self-actualizing stage. And that's between 40 and 49 years. And we start to find meaning and purpose and work towards truly understanding how who we are, being truly present and understanding what we want that legacy to be which then takes us to the next stage, stage six. So integrating and making a difference. And this is in our 50s when we're beginning to really work with others to fulfill that purpose, having worked out what it is and start to give back, which takes us to our final stage seven, which is serving. And this is 60 plus. Is this is when we start to understand and, and start thinking about what our legacy needs to be, what we're going to need to be remembered for. And giving back to, could be our profession, our society, our community, with no wish for anything in return. There's a real self-serving attitude. Now, as I said, when we start to think about who we are and what we stand for and really wrestle with all of that and who and how we want to be, it starts to come out usually from level four upwards. And that really does coincide organizationally with people moving into leadership roles, maybe for the first time or into a more senior role or starting a family. And this is when we tend to see people questioning how they want to be. You know, when they get that bit that this doesn't really make sense for me anymore. I need to make a shift. It's not congruent with the person I was. And I think just understanding that it's a really natural stage of development is really helpful and I know I've used this model a lot in coaching conversations just to get people to figure out where they are but for some of us it can be a real challenge because often that means we need to leave behind you know habits which we've got really accustomed to which are automatic for us beliefs which 
we might really hold on to and hold dear or were formed in a time with people who were really important to us. And patterns of behaviour that have served us well for so many years have kept us safe. But now they're no longer fit for purpose. They need to be left behind. Now, you can dismiss this as self-help claptrap or business bullshit. Or you can start to recognise that actually this happens. You know, I see it every day. I see people who aren't really sure why things aren't working and are a little bit all at sea in their life or job and it, it doesn't seem to make sense anymore. They need to figure it out. It could be what they're trying to achieve at work isn't working and that's because something's out of alignment for them or it's out of alignment within the organisation and that's when we get conflict and tussles and people just being miserable. You know, so really understanding our purpose, why we are here, is the bit that we need to define. Because humans, as humans, we can feel that we are defined by what we do, by our accomplishments, our achievements, you know, by what we put on social media and whether people like it, you know, that's the sort of validation for us. And it's also what our organisations measure. But this isn't who we are. It's transient. You know, what we do changes with our roles. It changes with what we do during the day. It isn't who we are. What we are remains. It's that underlying factor. You know, it, it's, it's why we're going about it and it's what we're there to produce. It's what fulfills us. And often starting to think about those questions, you know, what fulfills us? What do we want to be known for? Are the ones that we need to ask ourselves and to help to be able to define. Now, to be able to do that means we need to step back. We need to slow down and we need to tune in. We need to notice how we are being. What helps us? What gets in the way? We need to start to be truly in, present in the moment and notice how we're being. And that means we may notice and have to accept things that we don't like the look of. And that could be things about us. But that's okay. Because to be able to find our purpose, to understand how and what we want to be, we need to accept what is first. Just as it is. Only then can we move towards better, whatever that may be like for us. So if you're sitting there thinking, this makes a bit of sense, and actually you're one of those people who really aren't quite sure why you're doing what you're doing, take some time out on your own, somewhere quiet, or go for a walk. You know, walking helps our creativity, helps our thinking. And I want you to think through and answer the following questions. And some of the answers may not come easily. And that's okay. Just let them sit with you. And keep a note of what comes up. And reflect on it and think, you know, does it make sense? Because that will help you. So first of all, I want you to think about, what are you passionate about? that really gets you out of the bed in the morning, enthused and excited and gives you energy. What do you want to achieve? 
Why are you doing it? What will it give you? How do you want to show up and really be in your life? What are you aiming for? What do you want to be known for? And what will people remember you for? And finally, what do you see your role as being? And this could be at home, work or in your family. And what role do others see your role as being? What's their view? And is your view and their view in alignment? And if not, what do you need to do differently? How do you need to be differently? Or what do you need to tell people with facts or stories to really get them to see you as you see yourself? So some things to think about. Now, will this fully enable you to define your purpose, you know, your reason for being? Maybe, maybe not, but it will get you started along that path and it will get you starting to recognise what really engages you, what gives you energy, what's important to you. Because once you understand those things, that's very much linked to your purpose and it very much might be so. And it will start to get you to recognise what parts of your roles, whether that be as parent, child, leader, team member, actually sit right with you. Which ones you can fully embody and embrace and feel you in. And which ones don't feel confident, don't feel congruent, feel like a coat you've just put on. You know, they don't sit right. Because those ones that don't sit right, that don't feel congruent, are where you need to do some work. They're the ones where you need to think, what's important to me? What am I here to do and, and what do I want to be remembered for? Because when you're able to define that, it's often very simple. I go in and out of businesses and work with different individuals. And I think as a coach and a trainer, people often think that we go in and fix things. You know, that we might want to help people put a bow on it and make it all well again. But, you know, you can't always do that. You can set outcomes at the beginning of a relationship or a program and say, you know, this is what's supposed to happen. But it requires everyone to buy in. It requires everyone to be coming from the same place, to have all, you know, sorted their own shit out in their head um, and be able to do what they need to do. And, and that's very much an ideal world. Not everyone understands where they're coming from and why that, that it's important to do that. Um, and, and if they want to be being leaders, if they want to make their teams better, their relationships better, their organisations better, they need to sit and figure that stuff out. I can't always do that for them. You know, we can be useful, but we can't necessarily be helpful. So... Having thought about all those questions, I want you to leave you and think about what's important to you. What legacy do you want to leave behind? What purpose do you want to fulfil? 
Think about that. And in the next few episodes, we'll think about how we need to go about demonstrating some of that and what we need to be, do to enable us to do it in the best way. Thanks for listening to The Being Leader. 